Perverted. Brought to you by Sputnik Africa. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Afroverdict podcast with your host Victor Anakin. Today I'll be digging into an ever-relevant topic, not only for the African continent, but countries all over. Food security has been on the global agenda for ages, and to help me digest it, let's welcome Hapasen Chukova, an expert on food security on the African continent, hailing from Zimbabwe, who's got a bachelor's degree in geography and environmental studies from Midland State University, and a master's in global food security and nutrition from the University of Edinburgh. Let's welcome him to Afroverdict. Mr. Chukova, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for inviting me on the radio station. Yeah. No, only our pleasure. Thank you for your time, sir. Thank you. Like I've said, food security is a crucial matter for governments of all countries, including those of African states. Please tell us, what is your take on the situation with food security on the continent? Uh, no, the state of food security in Africa is not that pleasing. It's a dare situation. The continent is facing food insecurity. This is largely because of climate change, because of late. We have had the La Nina and the El Nino conditions. And also there is little investments in terms of in agriculture, whereby our governments here in Africa, they put much emphasis on the security sector thereby disadvantage the agriculture sector, which is a backbone to food security and also food access and food production. Then in terms of utilization, much of the emphasis is on grain production. There is a phrase that we call hidden hunger, whereby farmers, you know, they just focus on grains and also ignoring other important crops like the oils and so forth. And mind you, here on the continent, there is much focus on four crops only, thereby neglecting other crops that are essential in, in providing nutrients. So these orphan crops, we call them orphan crops, they are a panacea to food security and also food insecurity. Then also we of late, we have had mono farming, whereby there is much focus on the production of of cash crops, but in terms of whereby farmers will be practicing monoculture. So this is yet a huge effect on the soil nutrients and also on the environment, thereby affecting crop production. And of late, we have had some disease and pests. I think you know about the East Africa pest that destroyed millions during COVID, millions of crops. In terms of accessibility, you know, food is not accessible in some parts of Africa because of high transport costs and also inaccessible roads. Like here in Zimbabwe, there is no railway network. So you know, farmers and consumers, are they've resorted to road transport, which is a bit more expensive. Then also you've got wars and conflicts as factors that are contributing to food insecurity in Nigeria, the Boko Haram. And also food, food itself is very high because of all these factors. You know, there is little supply of food on the continent in terms of the poor having access to a balanced diet. They are not having that balanced diet. And as a result, they are malnourished. Then all these factors, they've affected the stability of the food systems in Africa. All right, thanks. Uh, tell me yes. Tell me what unique factors should be accounted for when dealing with food security in Africa. Firstly, we must consider you know, the issue of you know, the culture you know, the culture and the traditional values. 
that are within African societies. As I've alluded earlier on, Africa has got a rich diversification of diets. And if Africa has to focus on exploiting these diets, there will be enough food security. And also there is no need to introduce some foreign grains. Like here in Zimbabwe, there is a foreign grain that is on test, but people are not used to this grain. So it, it will take years for people to adapt. And also in terms of taste of the food, it takes years for people to consume. Then also, there is need to tap into the skills and knowledge. Because Africa has got a broad based skill and also in terms of knowledge, whereby the governance, the people in Africa, the investors, they can also tap on the indigenous knowledge system and also promote the local skills for production. Here in Zimbabwe, we have got a technology that is known as Pumbuza. It's an it's a, you know it's a sustainable agriculture technology is created by the government where farmers they do precision farming and also use organic fertilizers and this has increased production you know by seventy percent of the grain here in Zimbabwe and also of the oils so these were practiced way back you know before colonialism but it has proved to be very sustainable in terms of increasing production another aspect is also to respect the political dynamics and, you know, the political dynamics that is in Africa. We have seen of recent that the USA has imposed some sanctions on Zimbabwe and also on other countries. This also affect food production. So in terms of cooperation, I think there is need you know, to respect the political dynamics and also to do business with African governments and also societies, despite of the variance in terms of the, on their political ideology. Because here in Africa, we are bound to those those conflicts. Also, we are bound, you know, to those indifferences. And also, there is need to develop sound national food policy frameworks, whereby the governance and also the, the investors, the need for subsidies in order to increase accessibility. Why am I saying so? In our country, Zimbabwe, recently, because of the land reform program, we have seen that the banks, they stopped the financing the agricultural sector. And also this affected production since 2000, and 2000 to, I think, 2015. The agricultural sector was suffering because of lack of capital. So there is also need for the banking sectors, the lenders to chip in and finance the agricultural sector, despite of the political difference within the country. Then there is also the need to also increase and develop markets that are local, international, and also this will increase availability of food. Like in most African countries, there is limited markets to food. And as a result, we are seeing a lot of vending that is taking place everywhere in the cities. And this has affected the food utilization, whereby you find food being sold in poor sanitary conditions. Lastly, there is also need to improve the storage facilities so that we can avoid post-harvest loss and also farm gate losses. Thanks. Uh, yeah. You mentioned that... Uh Governments should look at re rehabilitating uh, traditional farming techniques. Uh, what about indigenous African crops such as finger millet and sorghum? Why don't we see these expanding in African markets? These are not expanding in our African markets. I have mentioned about the Pumvudza. Mm -hmm. The Pumvudza was adopted by the government of Zimbabwe and it made a lot of noise up about that and... Every person had an opportunity to buy in. One of the problems 
why the IKS is not being adopted like the finger millets and the rapoko. There is no market that has been developed. There is no much emphasis. When farmers think about cropping, they think about maize. But yet these traditional crops, they survive well within our climate. And also the other problem is there is no promotion. We have heard about you know, the maize, we have heard about these maize and also these big cropping houses that are producing maize. They do the marketing, they do everything so that they put their product on the map. But in terms of the traditional, these traditional varieties, no one is talking about them and yet they are a panacea, yet they are a solution to climate change, where they are a solution to food security. And also in terms of the processing, it's very difficult because it's traditional. So there is need to mechanize processing and also there is need to, for technology for processing. Because during the old past, our grandmothers, our forefathers, they used this traditional stones to crush and also to, to grind. But there is a need to move from those laborious, labor-involved approaches to something that is a soft skill approach. I see. Thanks a lot. Um, Thank you. Let's zoom out from Africa and sort of expand our perspective onto a rather global uh, stage. During the 16th session of the 2008 United Nations Commission on Sustainable Development, the following was outlined as one of the constraints and obstacles to agricultural development on the, on the African continent. The World Trade Organization rules constitute an impediment to the growth of African agriculture. Another challenge is the controversial economic partnership agreements with the European Union. If Western organizations create such a problem, what options for cooperation do African states have left? First of all, Africa should look within Africa. Because Africa has got a big market, a huge market. Its population is enough to consume what is being produced in Africa. So the African people must think, firstly think that Africans are the first consumers of their products because it's very naive and it's very disappointing for Africa to export huge agricultural products and outputs to markets like EU and also China. Whereas Africans, they are malnourished, they are food insecure. The first approach, the first port of call is to produce for the African people so that they have sufficient. After sufficient, then they can now export. Then the other option that is there is to maybe to look east because the look east policy has been, Zimbabwe has been vocal about it. But with this policy, there is also need for a win-win because with these trade agreements and partnerships, the big brother is the one who will be benefiting, yet the small brother will be suffering. So there is need for a 50-50 benefit, for a fair, a fair share benefit between both parties. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Thanks a lot. Tell me, why are African countries better off focusing on closer collaboration in addressing food security rather than relying on the West? African societies, African governance, African people, they share similar knowledge in terms of the indigenous knowledge. They have got their solutions to their problems. But one of the biggest problems was to adopt the Western style or to adopt you know, the Asian style. That was where we lose it or where we lost it. Then also we share similar climates. And also in terms of the skills, we share similar skills. And also in terms of the soils, they are almost homogeneous, although there are some 
there are a variety, some variants across, but it's not that much of, of a magnitude. They also have a better understanding of their markets and the products they need. They've got a better understanding of the products that are viable on the market and also in terms of the tests and so forth. Then the other issue is Africa, you know, we have got a, in terms of the different demographies, like if you compare Africa and the, the West, the EU, Africa has got a fat-growing population. So their approach to food security, to food production is different from the made from Europe, where population is not that fast growing. So here in Africa, maybe there will be need for sustainable intensification of production so that we may meet the demands in terms of food. They are also better placed you know, to create the in terms of the synergies on policies mm-hmm. and also to increase production. Like Pumbuza in Zimbabwe has been adopted in, in Zambia and also is being adopted in other countries. All right. Thank you very much, sir. The next question is, what other viable solutions to food security issues are there for African countries? Number one, in terms of policy, you know, there is, as I have alluded earlier on, there is need to recoin, to redefine their policy in terms of production. First of all, let us feed and sustain our population first before the exports, because you will be surprised that some of the African countries will be exporting grain, yet <laughs> there will be no grain within their borders. There is also need to focus on technology, to improve technology. Here in Zimbabwe, the proposal is more manual. There is need to inject some technological aspects on it so that it's not labor-intensive and farmers don't take much time on a small field. There is also need to improve some, you know, to adopt some irrigation technologies like the drip irrigation so that we can counter climate change. There is also need to have subsidies on inputs because we have heard in Kenya that the previous government was subsidizing millimil. And in, in other African countries, why do we have to subsidize millimil rather than subsidizing you know, the, you know, the inputs like you know, the seed so that farmers can have more access? and also improve and increase production. There is also need to have sustainable intensification approach, whereby here in Africa, farmers, they just think plowing huge tracts of lands is a solution to food security. Why can't we utilize those small pieces of land intensively, but sustainably, in order to produce more for our countries? Then there is need for biofortification, and also the bio, you know, the bio, the biofortification to increase you know, the nutrition production within crops, and also for a fortification policy. Like for example, we can mix grain with other nutrients and also feed our populations. There is also need to improve water and sanitation, like in cities. In most of the cities in East Africa, and also some of the cities near here in Zimbabwe, like Harare, they've got poor poor water and sanitation. You know, so there is need to improve so that we can improve the quality and the standard of life as a way of improving the food security. There is need to move from the use of pesticides, use of huge application of fertilizer to sustainable to sustainable agriculture, the use of organic, so that we can also improve production as well as improving the environment. 
Yeah, let's touch on that a bit more. Apart from large grain and fertilizer output, Russia is also renowned for its technology and know-how. You've started mentioning how else can Russia contribute in addressing food security issues on the continent. Um, Apart from irrigation systems, what else do you think the country can do to to help countries in need to to tackle food insecurity? Uh, Apart from irrigation, I think, you know, Russia can can also cooperate in terms of, you know, improving, you know, the soil fertility. Because our soils in Africa, they are degraded. They've been tilled for more than 100 years. So there is need to come in and in terms of subsidies on inputs like fertilizer. And also there is need to promote Russia together with the African governments. They can also promote the traditional crops like the rapoko and also the millet and also create markets within the EU because what we know is the EU is moving away from their traditional way of lifestyle. They need something that is some food that are natural so they can also help in creating those markets and also linking African governance with the the EU bloc so that there there is maybe increased production in terms of those traditional crops. All right, Tachikoi, thank you very much for joining us today. Really appreciate your time. I hope we will meet each other again and preferably in person as well. That said, thanks for joining us. Hope you have a great day further, sir. Thank you. Same to you. Bye-bye. And we are back on AfroVerdict with your host, Victor Anakin, brought to you by Sputnik Africa. Now that we've explored the problem of food security on the African continent with Mr. Happerson Chukove, let's welcome Dr. Tafazwa Ruzive, an expert from Nelson Mandela University in South Africa, to discuss the way Russian grain suppliers can help stabilize the food security issue in Africa and what else Russia can offer to assist the problem. Dr. Ruziwe, it's a pleasure to have you join us today. Thank you, Victor. Thank you for having me on the show. Let's start off with talking about why African countries are better off focusing on closer collaboration with each other in addressing food security rather than relying on the West. African countries are better off uh, collaborating amongst each other uh, in addressing food security rather than relying on the West because um, the the trade policy uh, that the West works with African countries cripples um, the African agricultural sector and by extension the, 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 the food security situation in Africa. In trade deals between the West and Africa, uh, the West first subsidizes its agricultural sector to produce very cheap grain. And when they have the cheap grain, they then go to Africa and negotiate a trade deal where they want open and free trade in grains between the West and Africa. Africa has not yet developed sufficiently to produce grains that are at a cheap enough price. And as a result, uh, due to coercion and other measures that the West uses, Africa signs into these trade agreements. And immediately that cheap grain comes, uh, floods the African countries, as it were, at a cheap price and killing their agricultural sectors and by extension their food security. So continuing to deal uh, closer collaboration among African countries provides an opportunity to strengthen uh, the agricultural value chains and improve food security while continuing to rely on the West uh, in the long run 
uh, is creating massive dependency uh, and the decimation of uh, policy space in African countries, as far as food security is concerned. You may have remembered a couple of days ago, Russia's President Putin announced that Russia will be shipping 25 to 50,000 tons of grain to six African countries in order to help the country stabilize the food security situation. How will this affect food security on the continent? Uh, the, the grain shipment uh, by President Putin is very welcome at this time. Uh, especially given the impasse around the 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 the, the Black Sea grain deal and the negotiations that are um, going on, this uh, 25 to 50 kilotons of wheat is going to meet urgent short-term needs, putting a, a stopgap measure that is going to help the African countries find something to eat uh, uh, while the West is trying to use the Black Sea grain deal as a bargaining chip. So we can see the West trying to bargain using the, the, the grain deal as a bargaining chip at the expense of hunger in Africa, you know, so sort of holding the African Russia hostage through the African nations. So this grain is very welcome and it is going to alleviate uh, the demands for grain in African populaces uh, while a resolution is, is, is going to be reached very soon. Between uh, the while the negotiation is going on between the West and Russia of a Black Sea grain movement. Yes, actually, speaking about the Black Sea grain deal, President Putin also said that Russia will be ready to revive the grain deal and will do it immediately when all agreements are implemented. Now, if the West believes that the grain deal has such a large role to play in contributing to food security on the continent, why then does it refuse to fulfill its obligations to the agreement? And then to what extent would you say is the deal being used as a tool of political pressure in this case? It is quite unfortunate that Africa, the hunger in Africa has become a bargaining tool for, you know, for in this great power uh, conflict. And if America was sincere about food security in Africa, they would have acceded to the demands that uh, they would have done everything in their power to let grain flow to Africa at the moment because there is a billion, almost a billion people there, 70% of whom are reliant on, on grain from, from Russia and Ukraine. So they could have done everything that they could, accede to demands, come up with a reasonable, come up with a reasonable position to enable grain to move, you know, something, offer something over to the, under the table with Russia that will enable the, the grain to flow. So it's unfortunate that the hunger of the African people, the food insecurity in Africa is now being used by the West to push a position against Russia. That is quite unfortunate. Thanks a lot for that. Despite the holdup in the grain deal, Russia still decided to provide African states with grain free of charge. Now, what does this say about Russia's stance on African interests? In Russia's stance on African interests is positive. Right? There is a long relationship that goes back to the liberation movements. And now we are even seeing here, uh, they are coming also on the food side to assist African countries. So uh, Russia's position to, uh, to African uh, interests is positive. And further work 
in in these areas is is much welcome on the African continent from the Russian perspective. All right. Apart from large grain and fertilizer output, Russia is also pretty renowned for its technology and know-how. In your opinion, how else can Russia contribute in addressing food security issues on the continent? Russia is a, is a robust uh, agricultural sector. Uh, it has got a robust um, agricultural support sector. Uh, they've got great technology, mechanization especially. Uh, and seed research, we would uh, we would want Russia to come in and you know train, improve that level of technology in mechanization and seed development and research to improve yields on the African continent to get into strong long term partnerships that are going to help Africa grow food on the continent, improve self reliance of African countries in matters of food. That is how Africa is going to rise. And uh, Russia uh, is a preferred partner in terms of bringing in mechanization technology and seed research and value chain, uh, um, uh, strengthening value chains for agricultural produce, even extending to the um, uh, AFCFTA within the recent BRICS Plus. We can see there's a foundation that is being laid for Russia to come in and get into these uh, sections of the agricultural sector to boost our yields through technology innovation and uh, seed research. So we are we are positive about it and would like a partner like Russia to come into that space and help us uh, to to go to the next level in agriculture and food. Uh, security on the continent. And um, since you're an expert in BRICS economic relations, talk to our listeners about the engagement that the BRICS platform provides between Russia and African countries, specifically South Africa, Egypt and Ethiopia being the three new African countries of the expanded BRICS format. Ethiopia, Egypt and South Africa in the new BRICS format are uh, going to the biggest thing that they bring is trade possibilities between the BRICS countries. Um, the the more things, the more uh, the more things the BRICS plus produce, the easier it is to launch a currency. The easier it is to trade with their existing currencies. So I foresee uh, Egypt, South Africa, and Ethiopia are relatively industrialized countries. That can give opportunities uh, for a higher circulation, a higher diversification and circulation of goods among the BRICS countries, which is which will a bring a strong financial foundation for the coming BRICS currency, b uh, facilitate the increase of trade among the BRICS using their local currencies, and c provide pathways and gateways. These three countries are going to provide pathways and gateways for uh, Russia to get into other countries on the continent. So it is a very positive development. And I think uh, adding these three countries on the continent strengthens the case um, for, 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 for a forecast for bigger BRICS um, uh, dominance economically in the world going forward. Right. Now, just out of personal interest, I would say, now you, you've spoken about the new BRICS currency, right? Mm -hmm. Is there any way that the new BRICS currency will somehow facilitate the improvement of the situation with food security on the continent? Yeah, the, new, the new BRICS currency 
will definitely improve food security on the on the continent. Currently in the dollar system, if a country, okay, the development that happens in countries depends on what the US government is prepared to give loans for. So if under the US dollar regime, if an African country has got a, has got a positive uh, agricultural development initiative that it wants to do, if it threatens the existing uh, trade agreements, the World Bank and the IMF will not extend loans to that initiative. So Africa is looking forward to an alternative, maybe through the National Development Bank or the Asian Development Bank or a Chinese Development Bank or the, uh, uh, with the BRICS Bank, the NDB, to, to have a, a currency where when Africa invests in its food security initiatives, there are no strings attached, there are no restrictions to investing in African uh, food security uh, programs and projects. So under a dollar regime, some of the under most of the underdevelopment actually in the African in African value changes because American credit, US dollar credit is restricted to unlock or to let South Africa become food dependent. Whereas from what deliberations IEA, the center of the NDB decides infrastructure wants to go to industrialization, wants to go to mechanization, to seed research, to 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 investing in initiatives that will help Africa grow its food and process its food on the continent, which is going to bolster African food security. So if America doesn't want you to do a project, they just don't give you credit. But we know the NDB is prepared to finance um, food security initiatives on the continent. All right, Dr. Ruzive, thank you very much for joining us today. I'm sure you've provided our listeners and other guests with some proficient and important information that I hope they found enjoyable and interesting. It was a great pleasure to at least hear you in person. And like I've said previously, I really hope that we do see each other someday. No, that's the same here. Uh, Thank you for the opportunity and the time. So those were our two experts on the topic of food security on the African continent who confirmed that Western policies have a crippling effect on the African economy and thus the food security. An important highlight was the high hopes for the BRICS currency, which may well prove to be the solution to food problems due to the NDB focusing on the industrialization and mechanization of the continent. Dear listeners, I hope you found today's podcast interesting as we've covered a crucial topic, not only for the African countries, but for the world at large, because as they say, when Africa succeeds, the whole world succeeds. For your convenience, you can always find the AfroVerdict podcast on other platforms such as CastBox, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Deezer, and AfriPods. Don't forget to check out the Sputnik Africa Telegram channel for the latest updates on local and global events. Drop by our TikTok account as well as other socials to see our posts. Links in the description below. That said, I take my adieu, dear friends, and I'll see you next time. Afro Verdict, brought to you by Sputnik Africa.